Welcome back to the Work Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions of space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and in this episode, I'm joined by Michelle Schneider from Salesforce, who shares some brilliant insight into their recently launched Success From Anywhere program, or what I like to call Work From Anywhere, and how her team, who is responsible for the workplace experience for 57,000 employees across more than 100 offices globally, are rethinking the role of their real estate. It's always best to go straight to the source and how refreshing it was to hear how such a massive customer of office real estate is thinking about the future. In this episode, we learned that Salesforce has hired and onboarded 10,000 people throughout the pandemic who haven't even been into an office yet. But that's nothing. They're using data and their own work.com platform to inform them how to make hybrid working seamless for everyone. Why? Because up to 65% of their workforce will work in a hybrid capacity going forward, and 20% of the workforce will work from home permanently. That's 85% of their workforce not working in an office every day. Wow. But don't worry, they're not reducing their office footprint because this unicorn's forecasted growth in team count offsets any reduction in demand for space, and they're repurposing their space for new ways of working. Keep listening to find out how. As always, if you have any questions or feedback on this episode or topics you won't cover, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Caleb underscore Parker or DM me on LinkedIn. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to peer into the crystal ball because this is the future of work. And the future of work is the future of commercial real estate. Welcome back to the Work Bold Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Parker. And today I'm joined by Michelle Schneider, Senior Vice President of Workplace Services for Salesforce. Michelle oversees guest services, internal hospitality and events, and building operations within Salesforce's global real estate organization. As a physical expression of the company's culture, her team is responsible for delivering world-class workplace experiences day in and day out for over 50,000 employees across the globe in more than 100 offices. Today, She's focused on Salesforce's return to the office strategy and future of work, which we're all focused on right now. A Salesforce veteran of over 12 years, Michelle was previously the vice president of strategic events, where she led the company's world tour, connections, and Salesforce Essentials event programming. Shout out to my fellow event profs out there. <laughs> and before joining the company, she held marketing and events positions at Cisco and BEA system Oracle. Michelle holds a BA in communications from the University of California, Santa Barbara. And today she's joining us from her home office in Los Altos, California. Welcome to the Workable Podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Well, it's it's a pleasure. You guys can't see this, um, but I did get the privilege of seeing Michelle's home office, and I have to say it's swanky. I really like her desk. <laughs> Thank um, you. Well, you know, the big topic of the day uh, is return to work, return to the office, work from home, work from anywhere. Uh, so um, you guys are clearly a real estate innovator. You have a massive portfolio across the globe. And I'm curious, could you describe the company's real estate philosophy and what makes Salesforce workspace so unique? 
So what we like to do when we look for real estate is we want to be in downtown locations. We want to be close to our customers. We want to provide opportunities for our employees to get to work easily through public transportation. We think of our real estate as more than architecture and design. It's really, it's a recruiting tool. It's a retention tool. It's being close to customers. And with that, we really want to be a part of the community as well. So it's important to us that we understand where we are, how we work and live within the community. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, we, we, you guys have really, really cool buildings. Um, I know here in London, uh, you've got the Salesforce Tower here and uh, you've got some great amenities around it for, for your team. And that is a big topic also, uh, considering that we've all been working, you know, from home this last year or most, most of us have. Um, the, the conversation has been about what well, are people going to come back into the office and what's going to bring people back. And it's about creating environments where uh, they people do their best work and they feel taken care of. Um, so do you, do you see that as being one of your core focuses then? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, we have almost 60,000 employees globally, actually. And so we're really focused on the employees and how they're coming back to the office. So as we approach this, which we're calling success from anywhere, how are people coming back into the office and what are their expectations going to be when they come back into the office? How do we set that up front so they know things will be different than when they left? And, you know, what what things are we uh, able to provide to them so that they do feel comfortable coming back, whether it's safety, health and wellness, snacks and things like that. Uh, obviously, public transportation is a part of that. Or how will they uh, combine their hybrid work from home and coming into the office? How do we make that transition feel seamless to them? Well, I imagine you to, to make those decisions, you guys have had to engage your employees around the world to understand what they want. How, how have you undertaken that engagement and that communication? Absolutely. So when the pandemic started and we, we shut down the offices last March, we started surveying our employees monthly. So we've been taking that feedback. We've been putting in questions, trying to understand how do people feel about coming back and what capacity would like would they like to come back and what would they like to see in the space when they do come back? So clearly one of the best things that, that they want to do is collaborate, right? They want to see their colleagues. They want to see their manager. Uh, they want to work cross-functionally. So how can we create these environments and, and through modification of the spaces that we have where they can collaborate through technology as well uh, so that, that they can get the most out of their time in the office? I'm glad you said that, um, you know, getting the most time in the office. Um, Alex Turner was on the podcast and he talks about, um, you know, when companies decide on people coming into the office or working from anywhere, it's it's about making sure they get the best use of wherever they work. Um, so that that's, that's a, I think that's a profound statement. Um, and, you know, certainly after this year, thinking about pre-COVID times, we've, we've had this technology that enables us to work anywhere um, for, for, for years. I mean, for the last 10 years myself, I've worked remotely probably 60 plus percent of the time. But then after a year of being in COVID and us all doing it, um, I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys have learned uh, or, or did you uncover any surprises over this last year that you weren't expecting? Actually, we've learned quite a lot. So while the majority of our offices are not open, we have been able to open in our APAC and Japan region. So we have over 17 offices open today. 
And obviously with the success of Australia and New Zealand, those offices have been able to help inform us how people come back, what they do when they come back, what's their behavior, how do they want to use the space. So we've been running a pilot program in Sydney, Mm -hmm. Australia, over the past few months. And we've been doing focus groups, actually. And we've obviously been surveying the folks as well. And we're taking that feedback and we're using that to incorporate or inform how we look at coming back in the U.S. and in Europe and the U.K. I see. And, and are you seeing a, a – is there a difference from, from market to market here? Or are you seeing um, where – because I often hear – in conversations that some people really want to come back to the office and other people really don't. And you've had this polarization going on. Are you seeing that within your team or is is it a mix? Uh, We are definitely seeing a mix on how people would like to come back. Some, depending on their home environment, are wanting to come back sooner. Others are wanting to see what it's like and they're learning from other employees what it's like before they come back into the office. I will say a lot of this is job or role related. Sales folks coming back, marketing people come back or coming back in a different way than our engineers might be. But I will say no matter what country they're coming back, uh, the offices are open and they're coming back into, they all are focusing on the collaboration. So that is definitely that face-to-face interaction is what's missed the most. And so that that's what we're seeing as the, the um, primary focus for anybody coming back to the office. Yeah, that's a it's a big big focus for a, for a lot of clients and customers that we're talking to as well. And people want to come back to see that face to face and meet with people and collaborate. And then, um, but we've been collaborating uh, uh, remotely for all this time this last year. Why do you think it's such a big um, emphasis on getting back face to face to collaborate when we have been collaborating virtually? So I think that we traditionally have been a face-to-face or in-person company. Uh, Salesforce employees travel quite a bit to other offices. They also obviously travel to customers and partners and things like that. But our culture has always been more of an in-office culture and a, and a um, you know, travel, visit other offices kind of culture. So I do think that that momentum um, that we had all these 21 years that Salesforce has been around, that while we have been able to do it through technology, that there is that that sense of when can I get back? When can I collaborate with, with my team and other teams? And when can I do that whiteboarding in person? And, and yes, there is great technology out there. We're testing and trying that technology uh, in, in different uh, regions to see how it helps those teams collaborate. And we actually do have quite a few teams that are cross-region. Uh, I myself have employees in every region, in every office, office, obviously, but so do our technology team, so do our marketing team. So they are not siloed so much from the regions that they do have some of those best practices in place already to cross-collaborate online or through technology. But those trips that they used to go and see each other and do their offsites and do their quarterly briefings together, they're, they're missing that. And I think that's what they're looking to bring back. That, that's a good point. And I think a lot of people are looking for um, looking at you guys and, and some of the other you know, big corporates out there who are rolling out these workplace choice policies, but also enabling return to work and, and opening up the offices again to understand when it's the when do we come back and meet face to face and when is it best to meet virtually? 
And um, so, you know, I, I admire you guys for for putting it out there, being transparent. I know you guys have published it on a lot of this online, so people can consume. Do you have any any like uh, advice for those who are just wondering if they're on the fence of return to office versus you know collaborating virtually? Well, one of the things we're doing is we're looking at, I'm going to take a simple example of meetings, team meetings. We all know that experience of being in the conference room, people face-to-face maybe having a, a side conversation versus those who are who are on the video conference who, who may not hear or pick up or, or feel part of the conversation. So something we're thinking of doing is for staff meetings, should those just be virtual, right? And not have half the folks in the room and half the folks online. How do we create a how do we create equality uh, across everyone so that they feel they are being heard, they're able to participate, and, and they can hear what's going on? So we're talking internally about how to adjust some of the the ways we meet or the ways we have communicated with each other so that everyone feels equal. So does that mean if you have a, a meeting of of twenty five people, um, but you have let's say twenty percent can't make it in person to that meeting? then everybody would join the meeting virtually versus um, a number of people meeting in person in a meeting room around the table and having everybody join via video? That is correct. So what we are talking to managers about uh, and with our HR team, which we call employee success, is how do we help them create these teaming agreements? So if you have a team of 25 people, what are the, what's the agreement you're going to make that half your team is with you in your location and half the team is remote-based uh, regionally, right? So what, what can you do to help make sure your team feels um, that they're able to participate and they're able to get the information they need and they're able to be a part of the team? And whether that's through technology in this way where you can say, our staff meeting will always be online, or we're going to meet quarterly in person. So we will travel to the location, you know, whatever office is closest, and we will bring people together. So, and this is where my team is starting to pick up and say, because we focus on facilities and events, is we are expecting teams to come into the office and do their quarterly reviews and do their team meetings and do their, what they normally may have done offsite, they will probably be coming more onsite. And how do we create that hospitality and event experience for them on site in the office that they would have received maybe somewhere else, but be able to have that uh, face-to-face, successful face-to-face interaction because it's a focused amount of time that they're going to be in the office together and then they disperse back out. Uh, interesting. And one of, one of my event prof friends on Twitter um, was engaging one day in this conversation and, um, and, and he talked about the office of the future being more like events. People aren't going to be in the office necessarily every single day together, uh, but when they all do come to the office, it's going to be like a little mini event, and the office is a venue now. Uh, do you do you sort of look at it that way? Absolutely, we look at it that way. So pre-pandemic, we had almost a half a million guests come through our offices globally, and my team managed thousands of events. And we think that's just going to go up even more. We think every space is going to now be event space of some sort, whether it's for an internal team meeting, a customer event, partner event. And then we also have these amazing spaces at the top of our towers called Ohana floors, which Ohana means family Family, in Hawaiian. Yeah, exactly. And these Ohana floors we've been using as uh, opportunities for 
to bring in the community. So Monday through Friday from nine to five, it's a space for the employees to go up. They grab a coffee, they meet with their friends, they meet with colleagues, they can bring their family up. You know, we really want everyone to experience our spaces. And then in evenings and weekends, we offer these Ohana floor spaces to the community free of charge. And then they can do a fundraising, they can do a board meeting, they can do uh, all kinds of things up there using that space. So instead of having offices at the top of buildings, which a lot of companies do for their executives, we've kind of flipped that uh, thinking. And now we offer that space to all employees to access. And then of course, to the communities on the weekends. So we really think that that, to your point, that we really think that this, this opportunity of welcoming more folks, welcoming more guests into the space is where we're headed versus that singular desk work, which you can now do at home more. And so again, making your focus coming into the office, more collaboration, more team related, hosting related, if you're in sales, hosting customers and things like that. So we really feel that that um, we're going to be welcoming even more folks into our into our spaces. Well, that's interesting because that's going to think make a lot of people in the commercial real estate industry on the supply side uh, breathe a sigh of relief because there's this 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 wonder I think if if uh, on the back of this pandemic if demand for space will will be reduced and you know the the jury's still out on that I think but what I'm hearing from you is that you're you're going to have the same amount of demand or even more for your space it's just going to be a different type of demand. That is exactly what we're hoping and anticipating and planning for. So in this test pilot program I mentioned earlier in Sydney, we reduced the desk space, but we increased the collaborative and meeting space so that we could bring in and host more customers and host more internal meetings. So we are seeing that um, desk usage is uh, lower and it's it's worked. It's working out so far. We are using technology to help us give us data on how people are coming in. So we have our own product called work.com, which helps us uh, get the spaces ready. It's shift scheduling. We, we stagger arrival times for folks. Uh, we also are incorporating beacons in some of these pilots so we can watch traffic. Uh, we can see the heat map. We can see where people go and how people are using the space. Are they really standing or sitting at their desk? Are they using the the collaborative spaces we've put out? Uh, you know, in addition to clearly uh, the other calendaring products like Google and things like that. So we can take all that data and put it together, and hopefully it's going to inform us or tell us a story on how the space is being used, and then we can keep building on top of that. And then as we look at the space we have today, what we want to do, and then of course we have future towers coming online. So what will that mean? For those towers coming online, you know, a little bit of less desk space, but more social space or more collaborative space. That's fascinating. I really like that. I really do. And but I have a big, uh, a glaring question here, and it's going back to the fact that people have a choice of where they work. Uh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys have rolled this out where there is a, a workplace choice policy. Is that right? That is correct. So uh, we're calling it um, our flex flex. Uh, working program, right? So uh, this success uh, from anywhere is you can work from home, you can work from the office, uh, you can you can work from anywhere where there's a Salesforce entity. <laughs> sure. So uh, we do think, you know, previously we had about 18% of our folks as part of the permanent work from home. We think that's going to grow to 20 plus percent. 
are are flexible. Sorry, did you say 20 plus percent of the of your workforce are going to work from home permanently? That's what we think. We think 20 20 percent plus will will okay. be part of this. What we call uh, yeah the at home uh, Salesforce at home. Okay, and then. What we discovered as we looked at the data before the pandemic is over 40% of the employees were only coming in the office three days a week anyway. Mm. And that was whether, again, it was traveling to see other offices, other employees, other customers. We have a, a volunteer program at Salesforce. You get seven days a year to go volunteer, obviously your personal time off. So we saw this group was already organically happening. And then we have the people that come in four to five days a week, like my team facilities, our IT team, um, some, you know, health and safety and security, folks like that, that were coming in. Through our surveying and through talking to employees and managers, we think that this flexible group is going to grow to 65, 70%. And this is the group we want to understand when will they be coming in and how will they be coming in back to our, our collaborative uh, space that we're, we're working on. How do we create the best uh, opportunity and, the, and actually a, a, one of their top choices, right? We want those folks to say working from home might be choice number one, but the office is choice number two. Sure. So that's how we're, we're looking at those, that group of people that we feel will be flexible or hybrid schedule. So Michelle, in that flexible group you, you've mentioned, maybe up to 65% of, of people in that flexible group, um, I'm, is there any data around what makes them choose to come into the office versus working from home on a particular day? So yes, we've been uh, surveying these employees before we reopen an office to ask them what they think they want to do when they come in. And then we continue to survey them after they've come in to understand, are they feeling productive? Are they accomplishing what they want to do in the office? So we are seeing that they're telling us that the collaboration, the customer meetings, presentations, things that they can do together is really being successful for them. They're able to do the business uh, that is more individual at home, whether it's one-on-ones with their team members where they need to have a more private conversation individual work that they can do at home. So I think what the employees are actually learning is how to, um, I'm going to say, divide up their own work, right? They know if I'm home on this day, I'm going to accomplish these things. And on the work that I do when I come into the office, these are the things that I'm, I'm going to accomplish, which I would guess most people before when they came into the office, they may not have, have had such a clear idea of what they wanted to accomplish at home or at the office. So we really are uh, trying to understand uh, what is the best way to help these folks be most productive uh, when they are in the office. And then, of course, on the flip side, what can either the HR team or the IT team do to help these employees be productive at home, whether it's through technology, through programs, you know, through different things that we can we can offer to help balance their workload so that they get done things that they need to do at home. But then when they come to the office, they're very focused on, on what they want to do there. Got it. That's, that, that's very helpful. Thank you. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and um, just um, talk about the fact that you guys have this work from anywhere policy. Now, does that, is that driven by, or are you seeing a benefit of enlarging your talent pool now? Because you can, you know, you don't have to, require somebody to live within commuting distance now? 
Absolutely. This has been a huge, I'm going to say, uh, it, this is an exciting evolution in our hiring and in our recruiting and retention programs for our HR team. Uh, the, the leaders are very excited. They can tap into talent uh, in all different places that, that we may not have been able to reach before because of our more office-based culture. So I think they're seeing this as an opportunity. You know, we've actually hired over 10,000 people over the past year who haven't even been in one of our offices yet. Wow. So I think of those folks and some will come in and some will not. And but the ones that will come in and do want to come in, you know, my team is working on a, a program of how to welcome those folks and, and welcome them to an office for the first time and, and you know, get get them you know, set their expectations and help them understand what it'll be like coming back to the office or for them the first time stepping in an office. So yes, our executive leadership team is very excited about the opportunity we see ahead through through hiring in, in new and different areas. 10,000 people uh, over the last year you've hired all working remotely. That's phenomenal. I think if we'd have said this two years ago, our, everybody's head would have exploded. Um, how difficult or easy is it to onboard new team members when you can't see them face to face? I'll speak for myself and my team in that we have had a traditional onboarding process because most of our team members are clearly building based uh, because we support the buildings and the spaces within those buildings. We have modified our onboarding process and I would say we've put a lot more effort and a lot more emphasis on bringing these people into new meetings, into cross-functional groups, and finding ways to introduce them to their colleagues in other regions so they can connect with people who maybe do the similar job as them, but might be in a different region. So we really put a lot of extra effort around that. Okay, well, that's that's helpful. I think it helps clear the air because I know a lot of people are, are concerned about, you know, if we have uh, people working from anywhere, does that does that hurt the mentoring process and the bonding process that we need to have as a team in creating and establishing and bringing people into the company culture? So, um, you know, it's it's been it's fascinating to hear that you guys did it over the last year with 10,000 people. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, to your point there about, especially when you are hiring folks that may not have as much experience, right, right out of college or you know, coming to us from another uh, industry or something like that, and making sure that we can help absorb them into the culture as soon as possible so that when we do go back into the offices, they're ready. I think that it is, uh, you know, obviously a challenge to understand what the company culture is like uh, if you're not immersed in it every day. And that's one thing. Company culture is so important to us at Salesforce. We do obviously feel that real estate is the physical representation of our culture, but clearly the team makes it, the employees make it, the you know the other the the programs and activities that we offer at Salesforce help make the company culture as well. So we want to we want to embrace all those things to help the new people coming on board that they feel part of the company. Uh, that, yeah, that makes that makes sense totally. So I have two more questions for you uh, before we get into the quick fire round, and the first one is. You know, you talked about work.com earlier. So I want to give you an opportunity to plug work.com again. And uh, if you could maybe elaborate on that. And are you using work.com to open safely, um, considering that we're still within COVID? Or is there another technology that you're using for that? 
So yes, we have been using work.com in the offices that we have open to date. And the way work.com works is employees are able to schedule a shift when they want to come in. So we actually set a capacity based on uh, government guidance and the health and safety regulations in, in each office or in each location. So we can keep people six feet apart. We can keep capacity at 10, 20, 30 percent, whatever it is at the moment. And we can control who's coming into the office and understand what what time they're coming in through scheduling and help them with the elevator bottlenecks and also understand their arrival and departures through badge data. And then also we can get employees to fill out their health attestations before they come in. So we know they've already checked their temperature and they're already feeling good before they come into the office. So those things pair for well for us using work.com. Uh, the other thing is we can use work.com and our badge data. If somebody does test positive for COVID, we're able to easily manually contact trace who has been in the office, what floor they have been on, and who they may have come into contact with during that time. So we're really excited to have work.com. In addition, we, you know, we use our other products, so Slack, Quip, and our other apps. Uh, we use uh, Workday, of course, to help us understand our employee base. And then we use Google products to help us with our calendaring and, and uh, conference room scheduling as well. So everyone can access this from any of their devices. Everything's mobile enabled. Uh, so, you know, they can do all this at home or as they're coming into work uh, before they get into the office. You just need to uh, develop an app that can issue a vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a product called Vaccine Cloud. Oh, of course uh, you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I am not the expert on that, but I can put you in contact with the woman who is. Uh, but yes, we do have a product around that that we've recently announced. And we will be using uh, Vaccine Cloud as well, incorporate that into the offices as we reopen, which right now our, our newest offices that are targeting are all in California, Salesforce Tower, San Francisco. Uh, we also have offices in Palo Alto and Irvine. And so what we're actually doing there is a, a little bit different, again, in a pilot or in a test format, where we're offering these volunteer vaccinated cohorts mm -hmm. to come into the office. So these will be groups of 100 people or less, clearly following all the safety protocols and health mandates. But we want to see what it will be like if these folks come in at groups of 100. We'll have them spread across a couple floors. And then we're also going to offer testing twice a week to those folks coming into the office as well. So we're going to see how this this um, operates and helps uh, with any you know COVID issues going forward. We have COVID health officers that will be on site to help the employees as well. So this is something new that we're going to try out and, and see how that makes the office feel safe uh, and employees feel that their wellness is being looked after. That's important. Very important. So with work.com, I assume it's available uh, for everyone, not just internally. Absolutely. We are customer zero on work.com, my facilities team, which we love because we're able to work closely with engineering and the IT team uh, and give our feedback, our everyday feedback, our, our real-time feedback. But yes, work.com is available. Uh, uh, it's general availability. Excellent. Okay. So um, I did say I had two more questions. So I've got one left, but then I've got a little mini question here because this is bothering me in my head and I got to get it out. <laughs> um, if you've if you've got 20% of the people, and you know some of my audience are probably laughing at this question right now, but if you've got 20% of people who are definitely going to work 
permanently from from home or or outside of the office. What what does that do to your thinking about your real estate portfolio? It, are you just replacing that demand for space by repurposing it into collaboration spaces, or do you see yourself shrinking the, your portfolio at some stage? Well, because the growth is from 18 to 20%, it honestly isn't that impactful into our overall growth of the company uh, as we target over 100,000 employees by 2026. So we aren't looking at that group as impacting our our, uh, current strategy around real estate. Uh, What we are doing as we look at the future of real estate is again, where should we be located? What are, where are our customers still? Where is the talent pool? No question about that. Right. Because we do want to have our offices open and and available for customers to come in. So we still, we still believe in that. So uh, I would say that, you know, we're always evaluating and looking at where to be or, you know, in certain situations, uh, for instance, in Chicago, we've acquired multiple companies over the years, and we have five different locations in in Chicago. And we're going to move into Chicago, into Salesforce Tower Chicago in a few years, right? So eventually, we will get rid of those smaller locations, move everyone into the tower. So there's things like that that are on the horizon for us as well. Totally makes sense. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I promise this is the last question before we get to the quick fire. Now, no more mini questions, but um, no, just just curious. You did you did give your your thoughts earlier on what people can do in this, but is there any last advice for someone listening right now, whether they're landlords and they're on the supply side of commercial real estate, or whether they're other uh, uh, custom real estate customers like yourself, like Salesforce? Is there any advice that you want to share about shaping the the future of work? or anything that you want from the commercial real estate industry as you go forward into the future? So my number one thing is we want to build better relationships with our landlords and our vendors from a facilities perspective. Uh, we, we need to work closely with, with these uh, folks as we reopen space and in the future of space. So one of the things my team has been working on is trying to to meet regularly with the landlords and with our vendors, with our janitorial, with um, our, our vendors that provide our snacks, vendors that provide on-site support for us through MEPs and things like that. We really need to have much better, much tighter relationships, and we want that. So we want to understand their perspective, and we also want to share our perspective so uh, when this started, we actually created a checklist to take to every vendor and every landlord to say, you know, what are you doing to make your building uh, COVID safe? Or what are you doing for the health and wellness of your tenants, right? And what can we do as a tenant to support what you're doing? So I would say that's really important to us that, that we uh, keep the conversation going and keep the communication flowing back and forth. The other thing from the employees coming into that space is definitely setting the expectation of the employee coming in. I feel like no matter how many videos and emails and pictures we send out, you know, we have a whole plan before we reopen an office. We do a town hall, we do office hours, we do communications, but we still need to be there on site to welcome them into the space and to help them navigate the space. 
So those are our, our two big learnings from a facilities perspective and how to make sure the, the transition back into the office uh, can be as smooth as possible. And this transition into the new way of working uh, can be smooth and, and we can, you know, be innovative together and try new things together. We are very open to wanting to, to understand and, and do new things so that the real estate can be utilized uh, to its highest potential, right? We love that energy when people come into the office. I would love all of our office space to be over 80% utilization, right? I mean, that's just great energy, great collaboration, great um, connection that's happening between employees and customers and partners in the community. So, so that's what we're looking for. So, Michelle, you're now in the quickfire round. And the way this works is there are very quick questions and very quick answers, um, you know, short uh, one-liners, uh, two-second answers. Um, so the first one is who inspires you in within the commercial real estate or future of work field? So I'm going to say something out of the box here, which is I look outside. I'm looking at sporting venues. I'm looking at Disneyland. I'm looking at places where folks come together and how do they interact and work together or how do they access space? So I'm trying to take that and see how that might uh, lead us to developing the future of our space. Oh, I love it. I love it. Always looking outside. Um, okay. So the next question is what podcast or media do you consume to stay up to date on the latest industry trends or, or, or to challenge your thinking? Uh, I'm very into Axios right now. And Axios had a newsletter called Axios at Work, which they have recently retired. Uh, but that was uh, one of my go-tos for sure. Brilliant. All right. And so the last, the last question is not work related. Where is your favorite holiday or vacation destination? Italy, hands down. Oh, yes. Italy. Whereabouts in Italy? Uh, well, I have family in Luca, so always love to go see them, but honestly, anywhere. And clearly after watching Stanley Tucci on CNN, I, am, I cannot wait to get back on a plane over to Italy. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm with you on that and looking forward to, to going back to Italy anywhere myself. So fantastic. And w will, you, will you work from Italy when you're there? Absolutely. I would say in this success from anywhere, we actually do have offices uh, in Rome and in Milan. So I can go work from Italy. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today, Michelle. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed our conversation. Be sure to connect with Michelle on LinkedIn. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Until next time, take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. You're listening to a podcast company podcast. This was made by Podcast Syndicator, where we help you go from start to grow to making money with your podcast. Let us help you share your message and your voice with the world. Reach out now, Jason at podcastsyndicator.com or Brett at podcastsyndicator.com to find out more. Thank you for listening and do come back to hear nothing but the best podcasts.